So my name is Heja. For those of you who don't know, um, I haven't stood up, it, up here often, but one of the pastors here at Revelation Church, I'm married to that beautiful woman at the back there. We've got three lovely kids. It was really funny, on the way here, I was carrying one of them, the, the smallest one, and then she said to me, Daddy, I'm really proud of you. And I thought, oh. And then she goes on to say, what does I'm proud of you mean? I'm like, okay, I'll receive it, Lord, I'll receive it. So, yeah, they're very, they're very, uh, yeah, they're very expressive. So, today I'm going to talk to you about what the Bible says about what it means to be a Christian. Okay, it's a two-week series. We're going to look at the book of Colossians. Just to give you a bit of context, it was written by a guy called Paul. He was very famous, he was very known in the Bible, who wrote loads and loads of letters to different churches. With this particular letter that he's written to this particular church called Colossus, he's speaking against a lot of false and bad teaching that the church has received. Uh, One in particular has been the one where People have been saying, actually, this Jesus character and what he did on the cross and how he died and was risen actually has, it's not that significant. It was a very unique man, but it's not that significant. So he's receiving lots of bad teaching. So he's, he's coming in, starting off with, you know, we, we have stuff read earlier, just who Christ is. In, in chapter 1, it says he's the image of the invisible God. So he's God um, in in physical form. Then he goes on to say who we are as Christians, our identity, who we should be, how we should think. So he goes into a lot of detail. And although he wrote it, he didn't actually um, deliver it to the church. He didn't say, well, here you go. He normally sends people when he couldn't, people he trusted. And what would happen is that he would instruct them to go and read it and then read it to the church. So that everyone, there was no misunderstanding, no miscommunication. We're going to re- read from Colossians chapter 3. I've asked Gemma to come up and read for us, if that's okay. I think this is my second language, you see. And I, I don't want to get you confused. The, the, the verses should come up in the back there. Um, so it's Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 17. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now, you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. 
And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Brilliant. Thanks, John. Cheers. Good. Yeah. Round of applause. What we're going to do is we're going to break up this this passage. We're going to look at verses um, one to eleven uh, this week, which basically talks about putting to death your old self. And then next week we're going to look at putting on the new self, which is verse twelve to seventeen. So it's going to be like a, a mini series. So verse one to four mainly talks about our identity. In Christ, who we are now that we are believers and followers of Jesus Christ. So in verse 2 it says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. So it's a re-collaborating re- where your mind looks and thinks and where it speaks from. Yeah? So it's re- recalibrating. And it's also talking about the inheritance that we received through Jesus and his death on the, on the cross. Verse 3 says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So it's very, like I said, it's very identity, and it's speaking to who we are now that we're believers. See, God's really wise. He doesn't expect us to grasp all of this overnight. So the from, from the moment you give your life to Jesus, you say, right, I'll follow you. I'm yours totally. From that moment and throughout the rest of your life, God is working in your life. So it's not, you've done that, that's it, you're sorted, who's next? No, it's a partnership. And the Bible describes it as sanctification. And that is basically God changing you from one degree of glory to another and making you more and more like his son, Jesus. And that's the process, so he knows it's not an overnight thing. And then verses 5 to 11 is talking to those believers who should put off and put to death their old self. Now to illustrate, I've got a video clip, which I hope works. Um, if someone could get the lights, that would be, be great. Thanks, Jem. It's from a film called Forrest Gump. I watched it years and years ago. And I got reminded of this when I was prepa- preparing this. And that's okay. Right, play the film.
great. Lights. Like that? It's good, right? It's alright, Jim. They're not they're not the easiest. I love I love the way, right, when he starts running, he's just so rigid and and Restricted. It's actually like, oh my goodness, I'm, I know I'm supposed to do something better, but I can't. I can't get my legs to do what I'm, I know it can do. And then the scene where he just says, I'm going to do this. Forget. You know, he's not going to say, look guys, can you just give me a minute? So it's a fair fight. Let me just unclip this so I can run properly. He, he doesn't do that. He knows he hasn't got the chance. So he just goes for it. And as he does, the whole thing shatters apart. And it's a beautiful imagery to what the... What Paul is saying here in verse 5 where he says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. It's very strong language. It's not just, it's an, you know, just unclip it gently and then hang it. It's not like that. It's very strong. The reason it's like that is because it's dealing with sin. It's dealing with things that are not in God's kingdom. That, should, that doesn't exist in God's kingdom. Hence the strong language. Put to death, therefore... As believers, we need to acknowledge. The first place to start is acknowledging and recognizing those sins and those hindrances. But you just know oh, there's, there's a hindrance. In the passage, Paul talks about some of these things, some of these sins and some of these hindrances. I've just listed them out. I'm going to read it carefully so you can just think and think which, which, one, which one speaks to me. Here they are. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry, anger, wrath, malice. Now this just means the desire to want to hurt someone. Malice. Slander, obscene talk from your mouth, and lying. Which one of these is holding you back? Which one of these is gripping you and is stopping you and is hindering you? Now, if you look at verse 7, it says, In these things you too once walked when you were living in them. It's past tense. Verse 1 to 4, present tense. You are. Verse 7, you were, so therefore, put to death. Okay? Now imagine this kid that was running. Imagine him in a swimming pool. Uh, he goes, he goes to the pool, um, and then the live guy says, "Stop, mate! What are you doing? Someone made to swim." He says, "You can't, you can't swim fully clothed and have those braces because actually it was just not practical. You can't do that. You need to take those off." So he says, "Okay." So he goes to the changing room, gets changed, puts his shorts over his braces, his leg braces. And then he goes back and he says, right, I'm ready. I says, I don't think you understood what I said. You can't go in with those braces. And he's like, well, why? He says, because the sheer weight, as soon as you get in, you're just going to sink. And not only that, you can't move your legs well enough to come back up. They need to come off. So then he goes back into the changing room and he tries to unclip these braces I why it's working. I thought I had the key. They told me how to do this. It just isn't working. It's not coming off. But what he realizes is, is that these braces have penetrated his legs. They are a part of him. 
It's not just a case of unclipping. They've penetrated into his legs, into his flesh. Going back to what lifeguard said to him. He said, if you don't take that off, you're going to sink and drown. And what Paul is saying here, if you don't put it to death, it will put you to death. We can't go into this new life with our old life still attached, like he did with the shorts. Just put them on on top. It just doesn't work. You can't, you can't be doing that. It's going to be obvious one way or the other. So you need to, have the mindset, I need to take this off before I can put the new self on. You with me? Great. Now as he's in this room, he realises there's someone there. There's someone in that room, and he says, reveals himself as Jesus. And he says to him, he says, do you know what? There was no way you can get that off. As sad as it is, you, you, there's nothing you can do or anyone else can do to get that off. But I can. I can get those off. And he says, I'm not going to just give you the key or the instrument or I know someone. So the only way for you to be free from them is if I go in your place. Is if I wear those braces myself. Jesus knows the only way to deal with our sin, to deal with our hindrances, is to put it on himself and take it to the cross. And that's what he did. He says, let me take your sin that hinders and let me deal with it. There's only one way to deal with it. That's on the cross. Look at this passage in Colossians 2, verse 13. It says, and you who were dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh. God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, cancelling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Again, strong language. He nailed it to the cross. It's not. He doesn't treat with it gently because... We need to deal with it in a, in, in a warlike attitude. He nailed it to the cross. And he didn't just stay on him. Yeah, he went in our place, but he took it and he nailed it as he was nailed on that cross. And by Jesus dying, we can experience the freedom. So imagine the kid thinking, oh my goodness, I can run. I can go and swim. Imagine the freedom. Imagine the forgiveness. The weight, just the weight of these braces walking everywhere. You need like two extra pair of legs to hold you up. The weight has come off. There's no hindrance, nothing. Because of his works on the cross. Now often, as human beings, when we're so used to something as being a part of our lives, and then it's no longer there, we can feel quite scared sometimes. Feeling like I'm quite vulnerable. It's like when you're in the Arctic with a t-shirt and shorts. It's just freezing. You're just like I'm really exposed and vulnerable here. And what can happen is instead of, in that moment, instead of asking the question, can Jesus do it? Because that's not the question, because he can. The question is, am I going to let him do it? Am I going to let him go in my stead so I can be free? 
And often that's the battle that we face. And what can also happen is that sometimes when we're in that position where we're exposed, we too quickly cover up. So actually we don't give God any space or time to do what He does best. And that's making us new every day. Because remember, this isn't an overnight thing. It's a journey. It's the rest of your life. It's a part of the deal. It's called sanctification. God says to you today, put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed. Now if you're here today and you think, actually, I'm not a Christian. And the way I saw it, it was the other way around, is that when you do give your life to Jesus, it's when those braces come on. It's when you feel restricted, oh, I can't do this, I can't do this and that. So you almost see it the other way around. I hope you understand by what I've just described to you and what the Bible says. That's actually not the case. That's not the case. The case is, in fact, you don't know that you've got these braces because you're so used to them. <laughs> they become a part of you. You're familiar. You're like, well, this is just how things are. God say, no. That's not how it should be. So you need to hear this today. That if you want to know what, what this looks like for you and this freedom and this, this weight being lifted I'd love, to, I'd love to speak to you and talk to you and just journey with you because I do believe people can see it like that if the band could come up please if we can all stand Now, I want us to I want us to respond by taking the bread and wine. You might think actually that's quite simple. We do that every week. Yeah, we do. The Bible says, "Do Jesus says in the Bible, do this in remembrance of me." So I want us to take bread and wine together with other people. If you're a believer, this is for you, something for you to do, and use that time. Use that time to actually think: What are the hindrances? What are the weights that I know I need to shed? And, and how do I allow God to take my place in these things? And as, as people share that, pray for each other. Because there's a lot of vulnerability that could come up. And just protect and pray protection over one another. And if you're not a believer, just feel free to observe. If you want to come and chat to me, I'll be in the front here. Happily discuss it with you or after the, after the service. Let me just pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that the gospel is enough. Thank you, the gospel is what brings us life. Is the reason we stand here every every week together and we sing your praises because of what you've done for us, Jesus, on that cross. Thank you, Lord, that so many of us can in this room know what it feels like to have those braces taken off, completely just shattered and nailed on that cross and being free from thank you for the freedom that you've brought in this place Lord in individuals lives in our lives as a church I want to ask Holy Spirit would you come now and just speak to our hearts 
just that journey, Lord, help us to recognise what are those areas that we still actually, it's too familiar but it's not right, that we need to deal with, that we need to bring before you, Lord, so that you can deal with. Pray, Lord, would you highlight those things? Holy Spirit, bring revelation where it's needed. And bring comfort where there's fear, where there's anxiety. Bring comfort, Lord. Bring comfort, bring safety in Jesus' name. Lord, help us to be a unit, help us to be a body and a family that that does this together. Not just individuals on their own. We're a family. Thank you, Lord. Amen.